Hello, my rebels. A special show today uh, all about the act, I think you can say, of transgender terrorism against a Christian school and church yesterday. I'll have some videotape, including incredible video of police body cameras as they stormed the building and shot the terrorists. We'll show you that in another video, including police talking about a transgender ideological manifesto. But first, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's the video version of this, pay, of this uh, podcast. Uh, it's eight bucks a month, which we use to pay our bills, pay our staff, because we don't get revenue from ads. We're demonetized and we will not take money from the government. We really rely on you. So please go to rebelnewsplus.com. Click subscribe. It's only eight bucks a month. Thanks very much. All right. Here's today's podcast. Tonight, an act of transgender terrorism. It's March 28th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. There are mass shootings from time to time in the United States. They happen in Canada occasionally, too. Uh, in, in some cases, they're just a, a case of mental illness or someone looking to be Internet famous. But I think what happened yesterday in Tennessee was those two things, mental illness and someone desiring to make a name for themselves in this Internet age. But also, I think it meets the definition of terrorism which is violence or the threat of violence in pursuit of a political goal. I think it was an act of transgender terrorism. Let me start off with some of the facts. Here are some tweets by the Nashville Police Department. I'll read them to you. Active shooter Audrey Elizabeth Hale, 28, drove this Honda Fit to the Covenant Church School campus this morning and parked. MNPD detectives searched it and found additional material written by Hale. They continue in their series of tweets. Hale entered the Covenant building after shooting out the glass of these doors. As officers responded to the Covenant campus, Hale fired on arriving police vehicles from a second story window. You'll see those broken windows in a minute. Hale fired a number of rounds inside the Covenant Church school building. She was armed with these three guns and significant ammunition. Uh, they used the word she, but the murderer herself went by he. It was an unusual case of a female to male transition, transgender. Typically, we hear about male to female transgenders. And there's questions about just what state of transition she was in. Did she have top surgery, as they describe having her breasts removed? Was she on testosterone or other hormones and drugs? Police say that not only was she transgender, she wrote an ideological tract, a manifesto, they called it. Here, listen to the police say so. No history at all. 
And no motive at this point, uh, anything discovered in the apartment or house? No, we have a manifesto. We have some writings that we're going over uh, that uh, pertain to this date, the actual incident. We have a map drawn out of how this was all going to take place. Uh, there's right now a theory of that's, that we may be able to talk about later, but it's not confirmed. And so we'll we'll put that out as soon as we can. And Chief, is there any reason to believe that how she identifies a flight? I'm sorry, I'm not someone's Michael. I didn't hear you say that again, sir. Is there any reason to believe that how she identifies is has any motive for targeting the school? I, we can give you that at a later time. There is uh, some theory to that. We're investigating all the leads, and once we know exactly, we'll let you know. So was this a targeted attack? It was. Do we know about a history of mental man or woman? Don't know any history of mental illness uh, at this time, but we are looking at that as the investigation is ongoing, and I'm sorry. Does she identifies as a transgender man or woman? Uh, woman. There have been some school shootings that have made the news, including one in Uvalde in the United States. That was atrocious because, of course, of the shooting in a school, but even more atrocious because the police arrived at the scene but refused to go in. Perhaps they were too scared or they froze in the moment and a slaughter ensued while the cops were outside. Well, not here. In Nashville, the police went in and incredibly, the whole thing was filmed on their body cams which the police quickly released. Let me play for you that video. It's several minutes long. The dead bodies are blurred out, so it is very dramatic. You hear shouting, you know what's going on, but you will not actually see human carnage. I think it's important to watch this. This is what masculine men do. This is what the left calls toxic masculinity, not fake men, not female to male transitioners or transgenders. These are real cops rushing towards danger, real men going to save the vulnerable, the teachers and the children. It's an incredible video and every cowardly cop in Uvalde should watch it. Here, take a look. Go, go. There you go, second floor. door. Where did they go in? First floor, first floor, first floor. Hold there, y'all. Somebody hold there. Hit that door. Rifle first. Rifle first. Blue, go. Go, 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 go. Go. Move. Move. I'm with you. Go left. Straight, straight. Right here, right here, right here. It's locked. Go. Hit that stairs. Hit the stairs. Go. Go stairs. Go stairs. Go. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. 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 Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Move. Hey, you 
right, right, right. Push it LPVO. Push it LPVO. Go right. Watch out, watch out. Move. Stop moving! Stop moving! Watch left, watch left. Suspect down, suspect down. Hey, hold the air. They saved lives, but of course, lives were lost before they could. Bizarrely, or actually completely predictably, the media party focused on the transgender nature of the killer and made that their emphasis, not that there was a transgender manifesto, but that how dare you call the murderer a she instead of a he. Here, take a look at CTV News, which wrote this tweet. Actually, let me start with the New York Times. They said, Female assailants in mass shootings in the U.S., like the one that occurred on Monday in Nashville, are extremely rare, according to the Violence Project, which maintains a national database of mass shootings dating to 1966. And then this second tweet. There was confusion later on Monday about the gender identity of the assailant in the Nashville shooting. Officials had used she and her to refer to the suspect, who, according to a social media post and a LinkedIn profile, appeared to identify as a man. In recent months, <clears throat> that's what uh, New York Times thinks is important. And they're offended on behalf of the killer for misgendering her. It was a he, not a she. Here's that CTV quote I referred to earlier. This was published today. A day after a mass shooting at a Nashville school left six people dead. New video emerged of the shooter. But the motive is unknown. <clears throat> Is the motive unknown? You heard yesterday the cop talk about a political manifesto. You heard it from the cop. It's a transgender activist and extremist attacking a Christian school. Is the, gen is the motive actually unknown? Not only is the media party denying the facts and saying that the most important thing is that we don't misgender the murderer, um, but they actually start to blame Republican lawmakers, that's who really murdered people. Here, watch this newscaster. All right, that is Police Chief John Drake of Nashville, who is briefing reporters on the deadly grade school shooting in Nashville at the Covenant School there this morning. Uh, the police confirming uh, six dead, three children, one eight years old, two nine years old and uh, three adults, including Catherine Kuntz, who is the head of the Covenant School. Uh, the police chief uh, also said uh, that the shooter has been identified as 28-year-old female Audrey Hale. He said she's a former student of the school and confirmed that Audrey Hale was a, identified herself as a transgender person. Uh, it, state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment, including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that state. Did you hear that language? They banned transgender medical care. Is that what they call it when young women have their, their breasts surgically removed? An irrevocable act 
in pursuit of a transgender ideology. Is that, is that what that is? There is a new violent edge to transgenderism. There have been other mass attacks in recent years. Uh, here's an image that I find terrifying. It's a new, I mean, you have the multicolored flag, but trans rights or else is popping up everywhere. So is the trans day of vengeance. I mean, there is the pride parade. That's one of the seven deadly sins, they say. Sounds like we're watching the rage parade now. Uh, of course, it doesn't start with transgenderism. Here, uh, about six years ago, when Trump was ascendant, is some Hollywood lovey at an award show talking about punching people in the face. He's referring to people who support Trump. Take a look at this. ...of certain individuals and institutions, we will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face when they seek to destroy the meat and the disenfranchised and the marginalized. And we will do it all with soul, with heart, and with joy. Do you remember that? They were normalizing punching people in the face as long as they were Nazis. I don't think there's a lot of Nazis in America. I think for every person who's actually a real Nazi or a neo-Nazi, there's a thousand people who were simply called Nazis by the left as a way of denormalizing them. It happened in Parliament even today. Look at this disgraceful liberal MP accusing Christine Anderson, a German member of the European Parliament, of being a Nazi. We know that that's not true because it is a crime in Germany to be a Nazi, but it doesn't matter. This liberal MP will use that as a smear, and the irony is that she talks about misinformation as she does it. I want to show you Leslie Lewis's response as well. Take a quick look at this. I'm just curious if she thinks there should be consequences or uh, or retrimand for members of this house who meet with known Nazis who spread uh, misinformation, disinformation, glorify the Holocaust, who speak against uh, uh, anti-Muslim rhetoric. Uh, I'm just curious if she's talking about online hate and privacy of Canadians and regulation. Does she condemn her actions by meeting with a known Nazi uh, in this country who spout anti-Muslim rhetoric? The Prime Minister has put on blackface so many times. He has degraded black people. He literally put a banana in his pants. And you have the audacity, you have the audacity to stand and look at me as a black woman and ask about my meeting with another member of the European Parliament. That is within my job description. I do not have to, I do not have to approve of everything that another member believes in in order to have the decency to have meetings with with other individuals. Your prime minister, this prime minister, denigrated black men by putting a banana in his pants. Shame on every member over there that does not chastise them. If this were any other country, he would not be leading and he would not have the moral authority to lead. He would not have that moral authority. That is so gross. That's Jennifer O'Connell, who will literally say anything written for her by liberal staffers. But the reason I show you that is because the left calls anyone they don't like a Nazi, and they've normalized punching Nazis in the face. What we saw to, uh, yesterday appears to have been a 
female to male transitioning transgender who was likely on testosterone or other drugs and hormones. There's extreme aggression on the other side too, the male to female transgenderism. This video went viral several years ago. It's ma'am, you will call me ma'am. Remember this? Excuse me, sir, there's a young man in here. Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. I can call the police if you'd like me to. You need to settle down. You need to settle down and mind your business, okay? Ma'am, once again, ma'am. I said both of you. No, you said sir. Once again, it's ma'am. I actually said both of you guys. Right beforehand, you f***ing said sir. Sir? Motherfucker, take it outside. If you want to call me sir again, I will show you a f***ing sir. I apologize. Motherfucker. I need your corporate number because I'm going to talk, call them and talk about how I was misgendered several times in this store. I need your corporate number now. Get it for me now. Give me your corporate number. Well, I'm going to ask you for the fifth time to stop calling me a man because quite clearly I am not. To transition from being a natural-born woman to a man sometimes involves taking drugs and hormones. And this is a support group on the online site Reddit, where female to male transgenders talk about their issues. It's like an online support group. T here stands for testosterone. Let me just read a few. T has made me an emotional time bomb. I don't want it to get out of hand. Dear God, it's atrocious. I'm totally ready to act threatening. Those are comments purportedly made by female to male transitioning transgenders who are on testosterone and feeling the rage. We know that happens. We know the phrase roid rage from people, men who use extra testosterone in weightlifting. They get that roid rage because they're uh, aggression is magnified with the addition of artificial hormones. Well, imagine women who have never had that uh, testosterone boost their whole life suddenly handling it. I watched an interesting video by Dr. Jordan Peterson the other day. I looked for it again and I couldn't quite find it, but I'm, I'll keep looking, where he talks about how two-year-olds are the most aggressive age of anyone. And you might laugh and say, how can that be true? Surely it's teenagers or young people in their or 20s. But his argument was a two-year-old has no internal limits, hasn't learned to govern themselves yet. They would just smash everything in sight if they could. And what I take from that is it takes years to learn, especially for young boys, how to control themselves, control their superpower, I suppose, which is aggression and testosterone. Peterson talks about how playing with adults, including rough play, actually helps boys learn how to manage themselves and what the limits are. You can rough around, but you don't jab an eye or do things. You know what the limits are. And we don't realize that, that by the time a young man is 18 years old, he has 18 years of living with himself, living with his hormones and managing himself. But if you give a young woman, as the murderer in Nashville was, a dose of testosterone, enough to deliberately change their body to grow hair in places and to look like a man, you are giving them also a dose of rage and aggression that they have not had decades of experience managing. You are cooking up a time bomb. You're taking young people who may well have a mental illness, 
who are deeply anxious about the world, you're ideologically weaponizing them, and then you're pumping them full of drugs and sending them out into the world, perhaps giving them irrevocable surgery, which doesn't make them, in the end, feel any better, and they can't undo it. Are you surprised that there's violence? I'm not. I see this violence more all the time. Posey Parker is uh, a nickname of a British activist for women's rights, someone who 10 years ago would just be called a feminist, someone who was against misogyny. Take a look at some of this footage out of New Zealand where men, some who were transitioning, some who didn't even, who were phoning it in, some who just identify as women but don't even go to the effort, basically said, we're going to beat the living tar out of you. Take a look at Posey Parker in New Zealand. Are the real feminists these days? Where are people standing up to protect women from men beating them up? Where is the sanity at all, in fact? I'm worried that the act of terrorism in Nashville is the beginning of a wave, a wave of young people who are angry at the world, and once they do terrible things to themselves, cutting off their genitalia or other body parts, cannot go back, cannot detransition. And their only way is to go forward. And between being pumped up on drugs and being told that transgenders are facing a genocide, I fear we're only seeing the beginning. Stay with us for more. Stopping a pay raise isn't rocket science, especially when Canadians overwhelmingly oppose it. The feds stopped MP pay raises between 2010 and 2013 in response to the 08-09 recession. BC recently froze pay for MLAs. Nova Scotia Premier Tim Hewson recalled the legislature, froze MLA pay, and then cut his own pay by $11,000. Here in Ottawa, backbench MPs currently collect a $189,500 salary. Trudeau collects a $379,000 salary from taxpayers. MPs don't deserve another raise, and MPs don't need another raise from their constituents who are struggling to fill the fridge. 
MPs especially don't deserve a raise when they make life unaffordable with tax hikes. Hey, welcome back. Today was Budget Day in Canada. That's the day where Justin Trudeau announces what taxes he's going to take from your pocket and who the lucky winners of the Liberal lottery are for his spending spree. There's not a lot of pundits I trust on this issue because so many are compromised. They receive some of that liberal lotto money. I'm referring, of course, to every journalist in this country who is on the dole from Trudeau's media bailout. But one person I trust inherently is one of the great leaders of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation because, as you know, they do not take a dime from government. So a man who was in the lockup today, that is, he spent hours pouring over the budget before it was formally released, is our friend Franco Terrazano, who joins us live from Ottawa today. Franco, great to see you again. You were in the lockup. That means you had a chance to really meticulously go through this large document. Can you sum it up for us? How is the budget, or, or rather, how bad is it? Oh, it's bad. You know, I was in the budget lockup from about 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Still didn't find any savings. Couldn't find any savings in there, Ezra, even though uh, Freeland is running around talking about fiscal prudence, this fiscal prudence, that uh, you'll be quite surprised to know that there isn't any fiscal prudence. In fact, I'll say this on the record. This budget shows that the government doesn't care about fiscal prudence or helping taxpayers. OK, the government's been talking about finding savings. We'll get this. They spent 20 or they spent 18 billion dollars over their own budget in 2022. And now they want to spend an extra 20 billion dollars in 2023. So if they think that savings newsflash, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer before I ask it. Is the total amount of money extracted from Canadians in the form of taxes? Is it as I think it is? at its record high. I mean, I can't imagine that taxes have fallen. Is the amount of money taken from Canadians a new record? Ezra, spending was at an all-time high before the pandemic. Hmm. Before the pandemic, the government was spending more money in 2018 than the feds did during any single year during World War II. And now the government is continuing its spending spree. We're seeing deficits as far as the eye can see. This year, in 2023, the deficit will be $40 billion dollars about $10 billion more than the last fiscal update. But, you know, I think that taxpayers have every reason to believe that this government will never balance the budget. Yeah. Remember, Trudeau said the budget will balance itself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> still waiting for that. <laughs> I don't have a watch on, but you get the point. Uh, back in 2015, Trudeau said that they would run a few modest deficits, balance the books by 2019. They missed that by $20 billion, even before, the, even before the pandemic. And now the government isn't even pretending yeah. that it's going to balance the budget. Well, you know, he says budget, you just fix the economy from the heart out. I think that was another one of his famous quotes. You know, budget is a noun. Can I see your budget? What does the budget say? But budget is also a verb, which is typically used, for example, by households. We have to budget, um, we have to, you know, we have to uh, budget ourselves more carefully, um, especially as Canada, I'm not sure if we're technically in a recession right now, but certainly inflation means that we have to all budget a little bit better. The fact that the government isn't budgeting, that it's spending uh, the greatest amount ever in history, tells me that they think that their choices are more important than individual Canadian families' choices, that they are a better recipient of money than the taxpayers themselves. If a government won't tighten its own belt as we head into tough times, that's its way of saying, you lowly workers 
should tighten your belts, businesses, entrepreneurs. And the fact that they're giving themselves a raise on April 1st while jacking up the carbon tax on April 1st, I don't know. I know April 1st is April Fool's Day, but joke's on us, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. You pay higher taxes, they take higher pay. You know, I was about to cut you off there for a second and be like, hey, we don't all have to tighten our belts. If you're working within the golden gates of government, you don't have to tighten your belt, right? More than 300,000 federal government bureaucrats received at least one raise when their neighbors in the private sector lost a job, took a pay cut, maybe even lost their business during the pandemic. Now they're all pushing for huge raises again. But remember, our members of parliament, April 1, taking their fourth pay raise since the beginning of the pandemic, an extra 5,100 smackers for a backbencher, all the way up to an extra $10,200 for Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. So when Freeland says that she's going to be making life more affordable, make life more affordable for who? But the second thing, and to your main point, is look, this government couldn't balance the budget of a lemonade stand, now wants to run around and pretend to be investment banker with taxpayers' money. They have this Canada Growth Fund. It's a corporate slush fund. It's going to be $15 billion of taxpayers' money going into this thing. It just smells like corporate welfare to me, plain and simple, Ezra. Yeah. Well, they do all sorts of weird things. And one of the things they do that has always irked me is the amount of Canadian money that they shower on their foreign friends. And, I, you know, I remember in the early days when Trudeau was trying to get voted onto the United Nations Security Council, it, it was so clear. It was just constant bribery. He would go on these junkets and just shower cash on every country, especially dictatorships, because really it was one country, one vote in the General Assembly. Well, Canada lost that vote and he still added. I mean, in, in the past, it was the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, basically Canadian taxpayers uh, who were supposed to build airports and pipelines in, in China. I, I, a day doesn't go by where I don't see him announcing another grant to Haiti or Ukraine. And, and whether or not you support those countries emotionally, I'm not sure if it makes sense for us just to wring out maximum dough from Canada and spend it in other places. How's the foreign aid looking? Did you look at that line item? You know, I, I didn't see that, but let's not forget who they're also showering money on themselves. Yeah. Right. Every time they go overseas, nearly six figures on a fancy airplane food, beef Wellington, beef carpaccio, right. yeah. stuffed pork tenderloin. And then they have the audacity. Yeah. To look Canadians in the eye and say, oh, just like normal airline food that you guys have. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you. I've been on Air Canada. I've been on WestJet. We didn't get no beef Wellington. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, some of those, like some of them were over $1,000 per person for meals. I don't know how you even do that. Like, do you have a personal chef for everyone there? It's so tone deaf. And But I, I think, you know, they say a fish rots from the head down. I remember the Harper years and the man had his flaws, but he led by example in terms of, um, you know, not having a showy over the top lifestyle. I remember uh, there were sometimes he would take a foreign trip. He wouldn't even stay over in the country in question. He would come home so he wouldn't incur hotel fees. Now, Trudeau released on Friday afternoon that he, in fact, was the $6,000 a night hotel guy. Well, we all, all knew that, but he, for some reason, was avoiding it. It's hard to believe there was a time in Canada when Harper was PM where a cabinet minister having a $16 orange juice was the pretext for her being sacked from cabinet. I think every single liberal looks at how the boss operates and says, oh, that's the role model. I'll 
I'll govern myself accordingly. I, I, I really think it's example set by the top guy. And the bureaucracy, yeah. right? We have a $40 billion deficit. Why? Well, I mean, when members of parliament stuff themselves with pay raise after pay raise after pay raise after pay raise, yeah. well, how are they going to sell savings in the department? Yeah. No, the department bureaucrats are going to want a huge raises. And that's exactly what's going on right now. And that's why we're seeing costs go through the roof. Yeah. Um, but look, let's go back to that $6,000 per night hotel room. Yeah, I mean, surprise, surprise, it was Trudeau. He didn't need to be Sherlock Holmes to figure that one out. But let's not forget, he released and he finally told taxpayer the truth as President Biden was coming to town because he wanted to bury the story. He knew the information was going to get out because the Canadian Taxpayers Federation launched a legal challenge mm. to force the government to come clean. They knew that their legal arguments were bogus. They knew that they were going to lose in court. So Trudeau finally tells the truth to taxpayers. Uh, and he tries to bury the story, the story, the evening that President Biden comes to town because he hopes that there's too much going yeah. on in the news oh, and yeah. he won't be held accountable. You know, it reminds me, I don't know, you were probably too young to remember this, but on 9-11, one of the darkest days in a modern era, there was some bureaucrat, I think in the UK, who said, if you have anything embarrassing, embarrassing to get out, get it out today, um, as in it would be buried in the news. So absolutely, Trudeau chose a Friday afternoon to 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 leak that, or to, to make public the information you referred to in the correct uh, anticipation that it would be ignored. Hey, there's one more thing I saw today, and we're talking about Trudeau a lot, which is appropriate given that he's the PM and he sets the tone. But I couldn't help notice today when Jagmeet Singh made his uh, remarks on the budget that he was wearing a Rolex watch. Now, I want to tell you, I'm not against prosperity. I'm not against people having wealth. That's sort of what we all dream of being wealthy. I, I don't think I would buy a Rolex watch. It's a little showy. And uh, I'm not a watch guy, not a jewelry guy, but there's something tone deaf, I think, about the workers party, the labor union party, the party of the working class who's propping up Trudeau, by the way, wearing, I, I don't know, maybe I'm picking on him, maybe I should ignore that. But once you notice he's wearing a, a Rolex, you can't unnotice that. And I, I don't know, I just think it, it just feels like everything about Jagmeet Singh is fake and contrived. And I... I think he has absolutely been a, a trained puppy dog supporting Trudeau. And I can't actually point out how he's actually helped working class Canadians who are paying more taxes than ever. But at least, hey, at least uh, Jack Mean Singh's got his Rolex on. Let me go back to all parties for a second, because I, I want to kind of extend it across all party aisles. OK, now. The pay raises is more than just symbolism, because when you have a political class that has become financially divorced from the people that they're supposed to represent, you get policies like you get today, where they spend like crazy, print money like crazy, tax like crazy, and the costs go through the roof. Well, they're not really feeling the total cost of their bad spending and taxing decisions because they continue to give themselves pay raise after right. pay raise after pay raise. Yeah, so, so they're fine. Inflation doesn't touch them. Inflation doesn't not touch like it them. Touches, not, like it touch, uh, not like it touches your viewers. Yeah. You know, Franco, I really appreciate you mentioning that because it's true. That pay raise we've described doesn't just go to liberals and New Democrats and and uh, the bloc, it goes to the Conservative Party of Canada. And as far as I know, there is no admonition, there's no rule that, uh, that 
the leader of the party has imposed on his caucus not to take it. And I remember a few years ago when we called around and said, are you taking it? Some of them said, oh, um, I'm going to donate it to charity. Of course, we never saw any proof of that. I'm very skeptical of that. Is it accurate to say that unless otherwise indicated, we should assume that every conservative party MP takes the race too? Of course we should. Ezra, this isn't rocket science. Mm-hmm. Not t- not getting a pay raise isn't rocket science. Yeah. They've stopped it before. And oh, they're giving a charity? Well, okay, you make- First of all, I don't believe it. I don't believe well, it. Okay, okay. You're making $189,500 in salary base. Yeah. You can give to charity- without having to yeah. take more money yeah. out of your constituents' pockets. Yeah, and, yeah. Okay? and by the way, they get a charitable tax receipt if they do that. Well, one more thing, Ezra, just just really quick. You know what? Let's Can we finally get some members of parliament, maybe a political party, to break ranks yeah. and to speak out against this? Like, think about the type of wedge issue that yeah. they could make oh, yeah. if they actually held press conferences and yeah. actually drummed up uh, media attention on this. Yeah. Wow. You know what? Thank you for that. And I'm glad to be reminded of that. And I think that uh, I think we should obviously, in fact, in some ways, we should grill conservative MPs even harder because they're the ones who claim to be fiscally responsible. Are they taking that salary hike while the carbon tax goes up? And you're right. We absolutely must assume by default that they are. Why would it be otherwise? Um, uh, You know, and and I remember when the old reform party said we're not going to take the MPs pensions. And they got a lot of mileage out of that. But in the end, so many of those MPs in the Reform Party did, in fact, take the pensions. Because at the end of the day, they're flesh and bone and temptation. And absolutely, they grabbed the, quote, free money. And I think we have to put some pressure on the conservatives, not just the liberals. I think we have to ask them to publicly renounce it. And maybe one or two do it, and the rest will feel some peer pressure. Franco, great brainstorming session. Thanks for going into the belly of the beast to cover the budget for us today uh, and, and for the whole world. I know you've been doing a series of interviews. So thanks for jamming us in your busy day. Hey, thanks for having me on. All right. Our pleasure. That's Franco Terrazano, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. One of the good guys out there. I encourage you to support them. Stay with us. More ahead. Well, it's good to be back in the studio. I was actually in the United States yesterday. I managed to get a legal exemption to the requirement to be vaccinated, which is quite something that this late, it's almost April 2023 in the United States, actually has a no-fly list of sorts. You are banned from entering the United States if you're not a citizen. If you're unjabbed, I find that insane. There's no medical basis to it. Uh, Various U.S. courts have struck down vaccine mandates. It's just absurd. It's punitive. And um, it kept me out of the United States for the longest time. But I actually managed to get an exemption and I was allowed into that country. When I was down there, I appeared on Tim Poole's broadcast, which was an enormous show. In fact, we talked about some of these issues uh, last night and I appreciated the opportunity to uh, work with a great internet personality that he was. I really learned a lot from them. Hopefully here at Rebel News, we can pick up some tips from a pro. Anyways, I really am troubled by this transgender extremism. I think uh, we are damaging young people of both sexes by allowing them and encouraging them and giving them medical interventions to turn boys into girls and girls into boys. It's not meant to be. I think it's deeply damaging. It's physically damaging and it's psychologically damaging. I, I think it's what we could really call a mind virus. 
I don't, I think that some young people, some teenagers have some sexual confusion. I think everyone does for some period of time. And frankly, some of these people might be gay, but to instead carve them up and uh, weaponize them and pump them full of drugs and to try and actually change their sex is atrocious. And I think one day we'll look back and see it as an actual crime. We talked the other day with Barbara Kay about the atrocious decision to kill people instead of help them when they are sick or old or just depressed. And I think this is part of that same culture of death to assist in the self-destruction of young people instead of to help them. I think it's something that we'll look back on in 25 years and realize it was an absolute disaster. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, goodbye and keep fighting for freedom. 